It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. A reminder that today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. And you can also uh, download Locked on Fantasy Football and the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked on Fantasy Football using Himalaya. And, uh, we talked on the previous show about the mock draft that I uh, did there with Fantasy Pros, uh, looking at the expert consensus rankings. We went through the picks kind of a one by one then collectively as a round through one through four we said we were going to break it down all the way through 17 rounds and that means we're going to look at rounds five through eight and then uh, close with the back half of the draft and the final two shows of the week so a lot of stuff to get to here we had a lot of uh, good stuff to talk about there we had four quarterbacks uh, kind of a start that trend there as we got into wide receiver twos and uh, running back twos there in the draft. Now we go into round five, and when people around the industry look at rounds five through eight, this is the core. This is where you make your biggest hay because everyone knows in the early rounds uh, who's kind of ranked high. There's some consistency there at wide receiver. You know the running backs, if they stay healthy, you're going to get a certain amount of production of the quarterbacks. What you see is what you get there with a lot of those guys in that top tier. But now this is where you look for the best sleeper picks and guys that can really outproduce their draft position here. And this is where you have to think a little bit more about upside and then figure out how your portfolio is shaping up. If you've got a few safe picks early, you might want to take a risk on a younger player or a situation with a guy that is undervalued, maybe coming off injury or disappointment where some people are already off them. You want to be aggressive. If you think he's going to be the man this season, go after him and just don't sit back and uh, say, oh, I'm going to take this guy because he did something last year. You want a guy that's going to do something for you this year, and this is this opportunity in rounds five through eight. So we've set that part of it up. Now let's dive into it. Last pick we had was uh, Stefan Diggs in this particular mock draft there as we kind of get to that borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two. And I think Diggs makes a lot of sense there. I think there's an argument where Diggs is a better value at wide receiver one there than Adam Thielen. And with uh, Tyreek Hill, I think that could also move 
Stefan Diggs to in that strong wide receiver one position. Now, when you go to wide receiver two, I think Robert Woods is kind of the poster player for that, where he's the first pick of the fifth round. That's who I got there. So I look at uh, Saquon Barkley with my first pick. Uh, you get some good value here in the three wide receivers. Uh, Barkley allows you to go a little bit more versatile with that pick and uh, once you get it back like that you can have a luxury such as the George Kittle pick and T.Y. Hilton that combo there on the turn and then go from there to Diggs and Woods so I really like Diggs Woods is solid here I'm happy with that three wide receiver grouping there that you look at overall now the next pick was Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are pretty close here Cup had a lot of touchdowns he was on his way to a big season doing that before he tore his ACL. So the ACL, a little bit of concern there, but Woods and Cup, I think, to me, are better values than Brandon Cooks uh, reaching for him in the fourth round, where Cooks doesn't score as much. Woods, I think, is a better yardage play and more consistent, while Cup has been key in scoring touchdowns in short range for Jared Goff, and I think Goff really feels more comfortable with Cup. And a lot of Cooks' production... The bulk of it, the big games, came after Cup went down. So I think it's a Woods Cup pecking order and Cooks. This being the flashy player, he's he's a little bit harder to rely upon there. The next uh, pick was Chris Carson. And this is where you dive into that situation. We talked about it. After Josh Jacobs, you got into Aaron Jones, on Johnson. You felt good about them. Devontae Freeman to a degree as well. Mark Ingram. Now you start to get in those uh, power, timeshare type things. Chris Carson does have Rashad Penny behind him. I think there's a lot of appeal for Chris Carson, but they did use a first-round pick on Penny, and Mike Davis is gone. So it's a two-man committee there. They'll lean on the run a little bit more, but Carson also has a bit of an injury history there. And I think I'd rather go for someone with the upside. We'll talk about it, that player next. Now here's a player here in the fourth pick of round five that you look at. Kenny Galladay, the arrows pointing up for him. You look at the vacated targets, Golden Tate, yeah, he was gone at the end of last year, but they replaced him with Danny Amendola. TJ Hawkinson, the rookie first-round tight end, will also have a part in this offense, but Galladay looks the part of a number one. That's what you want. And When you look at Galladay, again, Woods and Cup are there, but Galladay, to me, has a upside as a clear-cut number one in Detroit, and some people will be on Marvin Jones and think this is somewhat even with that position, but no, I think clearly uh, Galladay is the guy with the upside and uptick and going up for it. Now you look at uh, the next pick is Darius Geis. I think this was a little early, coming off an ACL. The Redskins' offense could really struggle here. I know their offensive line is pretty good, but then a team in transition with Dwayne Haskins and or Case Keenum at quarterback, not sure what they're wide receiver and tight end situation will shake out to be to be reliable or not the guys could really find some tough sledding I get it the volume is potential there they were talking about a big role but they do have Adrian Peterson hanging around for insurance and uh, maybe not going to put a lot of guys and we'll have to see what his progress is and if we get a better report going into camp the guys is fully healthy then he's going to jump up a little bit and might have more appeal than a guy like Aaron Jones or Kerry Johnson when you look at the new offense coordinators there in Green Bay and Detroit. Maybe their roles will change a little bit. Well, you know that Jay Gruden wants to use a lot of Darius guys. And guys definitely would have more appeal if he's fully healthier than uh, Chris Carson or even Mark Ingram because they could treat him as a complete back there. But for now, we have to proceed with caution. Now, Sammy Watkins is going up the 
boards pretty quickly here with Tyreek Hill. And that makes a lot of sense because Chris Connolly is also gone. They need some familiar target for Patrick Mahomes to throw to it wide out here playing off Travis Kelsey. So despite not having Kareem Hunt in there, got used to that a little bit with Damian Williams at the end of last season, Hill having the suspension. I think you look overall that Watkins is uh, – going to see an uptick in targets naturally and it's a high upside passing offense it's again a tough schedule but I think Watkins I know some people are afraid about his durability history and production but the things would line up for him to be very good here Miko Hardman a lot of people are all over the rookie from Georgia but I think it would be Watkins being more trusted here with Hill out of the lineup indefinitely Julian Edelman just got a contract extension again uh, the other Patriots uh, wide receiver went there early. Nikhil Harry in round three. Well, I'd rather have Julian Edelman down here to start with the Patriots. He's going to be indispensable in their pass game. He's making the big money there. And coming off the Super Bowl MVP, the volume alone and PPR, definitely Julian Edelman is an absolute steal here in round five. I think he's going to have a big year, fully healthy, play off that Super Bowl, be trusted even more, vacated targets there for sure all around. When you look at uh, Chris Hogan gone, Rob Gronkowski gone, Cordell Patterson, that those touches, Edelman is going to get the ball all over the field, and a guy like Harry is only going to help Edelman get open off. And now Tyler Lockett, big upside guy, vacated targets there with Doug Baldwin. We have DK Metcalf, the rookie, stepping in to get some of those. But Tyler Lockett, uptick here, uptick player like Kenny Galladay that I'm looking to. And uh, to me, Sammy Watkins, you go, okay, you go down the line with the the targets that are available, but when you look at Galladay and Lockett, there's a little bit more buzz there. The next pick here, as we get into the fourth to last pick in round five, is Terry Cohen, and uh, we'll we'll talk about this in combination with the guy that went at the end of this round, David Montgomery, and I'm going to be advocating now to take David Montgomery ahead of Cohen in all these drafts. Get it, Cohen was the guy that they trusted most, but they moved Jordan Howard they went and drafted David Montgomery. David Montgomery's more in line with the kind of back that Matt Nagy wants. There's that Kareem Hunt comparison that people have been pumping up, and I've been talking about it as well, as a guy that they can keep on the field for three downs. Cohen is meant to be more of a gadget player, and Montgomery is a guy that can touch the ball in early downs, also be a receiver and finish some drives better for the Bears. So they weren't happy the way Howard was because he's a little bit one-dimensional, just a power back. But Montgomery gives them that opportunity here. And Montgomery over Cohen, I think, is an easy decision for me here. Alshon Jeffrey, a guy that I would, I'm going to throw him with the next guy that was taken, Allen Robinson, here at the 59, 58-59 overall on the board. When you look at Alshon Jeffrey and Allen Robinson, Jeffrey, the injuries are a little concerned. Deshaun Jackson's in the mix. Maybe a little Dallas Goddard in there. Nelson Aguilar is still hanging around. So I do like Jeffrey in that spot with Carson Wentz. He has a better connection there where Nick Foles was a little bit into spreading the ball around a little bit. So that helps with the durability age or coming in factor for Jeffrey. Alan Robinson, as much as we talked about the Bears offense, he's just not a guy that just excites me as much. I know he's still young and he's still learning with Mitchell Trubisky, but... I feel like the Bears offense, when diversify is going to the passing game, maybe a little bit more effective running with David Montgomery this year. He's going to spread the ball around a little bit more. Taylor Gabriel in the mix, Anthony Miller having a bigger role. So Jeffrey Robinson, not two guys I'm too as interested. That's, again, I'd rather go for upside players there. There certainly were a lot of those 
in round six. So you had four more running backs off the board, no quarterbacks, which was interesting. I think the quarterbacks went, again, too early in this one. They were Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Andrew Luck early in that top tier. But there's going to be a gap here, uh, probably rounds five, most of round six, into round seven, where the quarterback values are going to be good because no one's going to take one there. And again, tight end, there's that separation, the Mount Rushmore, so to speak, with George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, O.J. Howard, and Zach Ertz, and then trying to figure out the rest, who is next in the pecking order behind those guys that we're looking for tight end. There's also that drop-off in tier there. So kind of interesting where there's four players at each position that create a big tier and then a gap before you take the next quarterback or tight end. That's what we're seeing so far now there's a lot more upside players to talk about in round six uh but first we got to talk about sex guys that's right good sex remember the days when you're ready to go well there's a way to get that extra confidence in bed and increase your performance it's simple you just go to bluechew.com that's right bluechew the first chewable is the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis anytime day or night whenever you're ready even on a full stomach because they're chewable, they work twice as fast as pills, so you can be ready whenever you're ready to go. And uh, it's not just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. So the best thing is Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships direct to your door discreetly, so no in-person doctor's visit, no pharmacy visits, and no awkwardness with that issue and uh, gives you more confidence in bed just knowing that. And Blue Chew is made in the USA, prepares and ships direct, making them cheaper than a pharmacy. And there's a better deal for you now, right now, as a listener to Locked On Fantasy Football. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using the special promo code Locked On. All you do is pay that $5 shipping. Again, it's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code locked on. Try it for free. You'll just pay that $5 shipping. The better, cheaper, faster choice, that's Blue Chew. And we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll be right back here to start looking at round six of my experts' consensus mock draft. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we got through uh, round five here, so now we dive right into uh, what happened in this mock draft uh, on Fantasy Pros that I did in round six. And with uh, this one, uh, you have to uh, start looking at uh, upside again is the name of the game in these middle rounds. And uh, it to me, it's... Uh, a place to uh, get sleepers that everyone's kind of uh, sleeping on, so to speak. So we go to uh, Chris Godwin. This is a player that's going to keep climbing up boards as we hear more and more about him. I think people are looking at Mike Evans as being a clear number one there, but I think Godwin can really climb up there. And uh, 
really, once we hear more about him in camp, he had a great year last year with limited targets. He's going to be more regular part of the offense, moving them all over the field. He essentially will be both the outside deep threat, playing off Evans, and a lot in the slot, like Larry Fitzgerald was used by Bruce Arians. So a lot of upside there with Chris Godwin in round six is probably going to be the lowest you're going to see him go in these rounds. Now, Deshaun Watson, interesting quarterback, went here, but Watson has a strong argument that he should be in that top tier, maybe even ahead of Russell Wilson because the running is a little bit more dynamic, a little younger, going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. The running game is not as good traditionally there in Houston. So all signs point to Deshaun Watson, especially with all his receivers healthy, maybe a little bit use of tight end, that Watson can easily outperform this. And he's a guy that has an appeal. We'll see how far he can go there because uh, some people have him as the second QB behind Patrick Mahomes. And uh, there is definitely a case to be made for that. So I don't think you can sit back and get Watson in round six as a – development that we're going to watch. Corey Davis, people are high on. on. I'm a little perceived with caution here. Still Mike Vrabel, still run heavy offense, still Marcus Mariota. They have some other guys there that can catch the ball now, Adam Humphreys and A.J. Brown. I think Mariota with Delaney Walker back could also hurt Corey Davis's uh, target share there as well. So I'm I'm a little careful with Corey Davis because the volume is not going to be there well. The next guy that was taken is Jarvis Landry, and you know with uh, Jarvis Landry there that uh, he's going to get the volume there with the Browns, and that's what the development is happening there. And uh, it's easier to trust someone who's going to touch the ball, especially in PPR. So Landry has a lot of feel in PPR, actually. That could boost him to go a little higher. I think he'll get back to more of his end of Dolphins uh, career catch totals there playing off Odo Beckham Jr. DJ Moore, again, file him under Chris Godwin. It's going to be a nice debate. Who do you take, Godwin or DJ Moore, if you had that opportunity for that high upside young receiver out of the NFC South? I might lean a little bit more towards Moore once we see more, in more of him, so to speak, in camp here. So Godwin versus Moore is going to be an interesting draft debate as we go forward because both of them are going to go around the same time as upside guys again. Godwin Moore, two guys I'd rather have than... Jeffrey Robinson for sure uh, there, and maybe even ahead of Brandon Cooks, who went uh, two rounds earlier in round four. Now, Miles Sanders, a little bit high for him, the rookie for the Eagles. I know people are excited about what he can do uh, there as the early down, but I'm not buying Sanders totally with uh, Jordan Howard in the mix. He went ahead of Jordan Howard. I think it's going to be all committee. We've seen that from uh, Doug Peterson. There's no reason to think that will totally change now with a rookie running back. And next was Kenny Drake, and some people are just totally forgetting that the Dolphins exist and don't want to <laughs> recognize their presence. But bottom line is uh, you have this uh, Patriots brain trust. They're going to trust Drake as much as possible as the lifeblood of their offense. They're starting to trust more people. There. That's been the early reports from the Dolphins camp with their new offensive coordinator, uh, Shea O'Shea, comes from uh, New England. So when you look at that, Drake gets the second lease here. He's still very productive. He came in as an RB1 on the back end last year. So that was with the coach and Adam Gaze. He didn't trust him as much. So Drake, again, a guy we'll be watching. But, again, he has a lot more appeal to me than a lot of these uh, RB2s that were taken there in round four just because we know what he can do if he gets enough opportunities. Tyler Boyd is next. And Tyler Boyd's solid. I don't think he's going to get any value from him. Last year he was undrafted. He got him as a free agent. They're going to have to pay up quite a bit to get him as a wide receiver too. Uh, again, it's a new offense. I think it's going to be a little bit more wide open and maybe worth it for Tyler Boyd. But, again, keep in mind he's a slot guy versus a Moore and Godwin. And uh, 
and more and Godwin have more upside as that potential uh, co or number one even options on their team. Calvin Ridley, good flash there, but once Julio Jones got going there in the second half of the season, Calvin Ridley cooled off. We know he had a few monster games. The consistency is what I worry about. That's about it. With uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, everything else is fine there for Ridley otherwise. Uh, Robbie Anderson again. I want to look more into this Jets offense with Adam Gaze. I'm not sure how he's going to look at things with new things there. So Boyd and Ridley being in similar situations. Uh, I would go, when you look across the board with Anderson, Ridley, and Boyd, all in different offenses, but I think Boyd has the best defined role, while Ridley has got in a good situation as the number two. Robbie Anderson, again, big playability, but I'm just not going to be comfortable reaching high for a Jets receiver. I am going to feel comfortable reaching for Mike Williams, because I know Hunter Henry is there to pick up the vacated targets of Antonio Brown and help with Tyrell Williams, but Mike Williams did score 11 touchdowns last year. He was a machine, lit up the Chiefs in one game, He's fully healthy. Once he got going, he looked better even than Keenan Allen. So, again, do I take Keenan Allen earlier or Mike Williams a little later? Um, The answer is going to be 100% Mike Williams. And the next guy there was uh, Lamar Miller running back in. Lamar Miller just doesn't have any upside to me with uh, Dante Foreman behind him, and it's not a very good running game overall. So upside, upside, upside if you're going to have that – Word drilled home to you. Uh, that's how you look at it uh, there. Now, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Grip6, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been, ever been made. Grip6 is an easily thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, and grandpas, and even moms and wives. Yes, they do have a great women's collection as well. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap. It carries a low fro- profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super Comfortable Grip 6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, no bulk. And check out the special offer for Grip 6 at grip6.com slash lock. Now, let's uh, look here at uh, the next round as we get into round 7. And uh, Tevin Coleman, now Tevin Coleman, this is tricky because we heard in OTAs that Matt Breida just got banged up again. Surprise, surprise. So this is one body out of the mix. But Jarek McKinnon coming off the big injury last year is still around. They also have Jalen Hurd, who's like a wide receiver running back hybrid there in the mix. So we'll have to watch this backfield there. But so far, uh, Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert still backed up and that are banged up. So that really helps Coleman in his trajectory there. And so does the contract with his new team. They clearly see him as a worthy investment even after spending on Jarek McKinnon. So Coleman sitting in a good driver's seat, but... Again, I think this is about right for him right now. I think I would maybe look at him in round six or maybe at the end of round five. I think he could climb up there pretty easily once uh, we have a little bit more clarity on the situation now. Tight end run began again in round seven as teams started to fill out that position. You had Eric Ebron there, Evan Ingram, no, and David Ajoku. We'll talk about these three picks that came basically on the road with Will Fuller before Ajoku. I look at this, uh, Njoku still a little bit the worries because he wasn't used as much, even with Freddie Kitchens there. Eric Ebron, very touchdown dependent, and if you took away those, uh, that touchdown uh, regression to the mean is going to really hurt his production, especially with Jack Doyle looking healthy and returning. So no interest in as much as Ebron and Njoku even this high. I think Evan Ingram is the appeal there as, uh, no, he's the third guy behind Golden Tate and uh, Sterling Shepard and 
figure Ingram can have just an impact on Tate picking up the uh, vacated targets as Odo Beckham Jr. So that's how I look at it. Uh, there, and, uh, Hunter Henry was also taken at the end of this round. Seven, Hunter Henry, I remember he was on to do some big things before he got hurt last year. So Henry and Ingram, take those, stay away from Ebron Joku. Uh, for now, until we get an indication that uh, Njoku is going to be used a little bit more, but the Colts also have some more options with Devin Funches and the Paris Campbell there. The Browns certainly have a lot more options with uh, Jarvis Landry in the mix there for them. Now Will Fuller, now Will Fuller, remember he was a machine too. A lot of it was touchdown dependent. He scored consistently. He does have the hamstring issues. I'd rather go for Kiki QT to be honest uh, in the slot. Later, if they're both healthy, that's a good value pick there. Now, Kenny Stills, uh, that seemed like a little bit of a default pick here in round seven, filling it out, but not interested necessarily in Stills. I might take a flyer in Devontae Parker, who's looked pretty good later. Um, we have to see who Ryan Fitzpatrick connects most with, and then we have to see who Josh Rosen connects with. So right now, I'm not going to commit to anything on the Dolphins. DK Metcalf, too, a little too high for me for Seattle uh, Rookie upside, but Tyler Lockett's the man there as a run-heavy offense. Marvin Jones, again, trio of guys that I might stay away from more. So, again, if you have a chance to get the upside players, and we'll talk a little bit more about them later, I think you'd go for them instead of settling for this as uh, your last starter at these particular positions. Now, James White, we start flex here. Not a bad flex, but still a little early to me when there's some backs out there that could touch the ball a little bit more, but... And James White has to pick up some targets as well there, and I, I think uh, he'll be in the mix a little bit more, but I think only PPR can you look at him as early as this. Now, Drew Brees is the next quarterback that we had taken here uh, after Watson. I think Drew Brees is a little high. Brees, there are some diminishing returns there. He does get Jared Cook to pump up his touchdown value, but I'd proceed with caution with uh, Drew Brees and uh, Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan goes in the right spot, and we'll talk about him in round eight. And I would more pivot to Baker Mayfield, the last pick here in this round uh, at uh, number 84. That's what I really like, creeping into that uh, top six, uh, matching his uh, jersey number here. So Breeze, I think, is more around nine, where his jersey number is. Well, Matt Ryan's not close to a two quite yet uh, here, even though he's coming off a big year. It's all about what's going forward, and uh, Matt Ryan adjusting to no offense. Drew Breeze on a team with a good running game and defense. We know that can... There's numbers, well, the Browns still a defensive work in progress on a ton of weapons there with Mayfield. So Mayfield and Deshaun Watson might be a good debate developing here as a high-end QB1. Uh, um, Untuckett is also on board here with a locked-on fantasy football. Uh, ever wonder why your father's buttons-ups look so long and baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a casual untuck look that isn't sloppy. That's where Untuckit comes in. Untuckit is a solution that fits just right. Go to untuckit.com. Use the promo code NBA to get 20% off there. And make sure as you're uh, downloading the shows on the Lockdown Network, you're doing it with the Himalaya app. It's the best app you can use to download your podcast and expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally created playlists, and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Football, which you can listen to anywhere, especially uh, Ticket to Go with you in the car, as well as uh, using your smart speaker to listen at home. We'll be right back here to uh, break down the 
eighth round here to close the show as I continue looking at my experts' mock draft. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, uh, let's close here as we start. And this was a running back heavy round here in round eight as we get to the halfway point roughly of the draft to really get to round nine to do that. But here we are at round eight, kind of finishing out the roster when you have flex play as well as the th- if you count it up uh, with the quarterback and uh, three wide receivers, that's four. Two running backs is six a flex, and a tight end makes eight. So technically you could have a whole starting lineup here, but again, don't lock into that and uh, think about getting values constantly because you want league winners and not guys that are going to plug in the holes and hope for the best here. Now, Jordan Howard was taken here, and again, Jordan Howard I think should go ahead of Miles Sanders. I'm not thrilled about either because the committee approach there in Philadelphia. Latavius Murray is interesting because he steps in the Mark Ingram role directly in New Orleans, and we know that was very productive. Jarek McKinnon, I'm staying away from until I need to see him a little bit healthier here. Uh, now, Matt Ryan was taken. I get it. There's some downtick for Matt Ryan, especially when you look at the other quarterbacks that are on the rise, but you also look at uh, this uh, situation is that this is also a value situation where yeah, if someone else is enamored with Baker Mayfield or Deshaun Watson, let them go up there and get him. Just settle for the value. You're not going to have too much of a drop-off here if you wait till round 8 or 9, given some of the values here. Matt Ryan is probably going to be underlooked, even with the production from last year. So that's a good value here in round 8. Royce Freeman a little high, but I understand the logic here. Phil Lindsay coming off a big injury there. And, and different coaching staff may want to power on the ball to play a defense Compliment that. So Royce Freeman could have some certain appeal, and we'll have to watch how his role develops here with the new coaching staff. LaShawn McCoy, hey, he's a starting back for a team. And at, at this point, the Bills are treating him the other way, and the only concern is you have Frank Gore and TJ Eldon and others there. So when are the wheels going to come off totally? I think I totally avoid McCoy and maybe look for a Bills flyer back later in the draft. Peyton Barber. I think I would proceed with caution here as well. I mean, it seems like, oh, the Bucks want to run the ball. Here's no Bucks running back being drafted, so it's going to be Barber. I think it's going to pivot more to Ronald Jones again with a new coaching staff with Arians. I think Jones has a little bit more skill that they can use there, so Barber I'm cooling off of for sure. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Cam Newton go back-to-back, back-to-back, and yeah, Jameis Winston one pick after that with Christian Kirk. There's the penultimate pick in round eight. You're looking at uh, Wentz and Goff. Again, this is always a good debate. The one-two picks, Goff, Wentz, in that same draft in 2016. I think there's uh, the Wentz. As long as he's healthy, I'm going Wentz all the time on this one in fantasy because overall, Wentz has more weapons. They spread it around a lot. Wentz can uh, do a little bit more if he needs to running. And he's just a better player than, to me than Jared Goff. So when you look at that overall, that uh, Wentz 
again, if, if healthy, of all things considered, I think he can rebound better. Well, I think Goff might have uh, hit a ceiling while Wentz could uh, return back to uh, the upside he showed a couple years ago as an MVP candidate, now fully healthy without uh, Nick Foles behind him. Cam Newton, again, upside with him and Jameis Winston because the ball went downfield throwing. If you consider DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel on one side with Christian McCaffrey and then the other side, thinking about what uh, the guys can do with Winston and uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard, the weapons, if they're going to produce, then someone's got to throw it to them and get that those numbers. So Newton definitely has a little bit of uptick over Winston if you're going there for a rebound because of the running and the potential to get a few yards and scores for you that way where Winston can wiggle a little bit, but he's not going to give you that traditionally. So Newton-Winston's going to be a good debate. I think Winston is going to exceed some expectations here, but as we go through the next uh, four rounds in the next show, we'll see that there's a lot more value there as well. So quarterback is that wait-and-see approach, and uh, I think you jump on one or two guys that you really like a little later instead of uh, falling in line with the early picks there. Christian Kirk, we'll mention him. This was an interesting pick, but I think he has a lot of upside here in the offense that's wide open. I think he's kind of the forgotten man because they have Larry Fitzgerald, who knows the future Hall of Famer here they got Chad Williams in a battle with Hakeem Butler and Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson, all the guys they got in the draft. But Christian Kirk really showed a lot of juice last year. And he was going to miss Josh Rose a little bit because there was a natural connection there. But overall, Kirk is a type of receiver in this offense with Cliff Kingsbury that could be the fulcrum of what they want to do. And uh, everyone else kind of trickles down off his talent. So Christian Kirk, another young receiver I'm excited by it. And again, him and DJ Moore, big things here in year two could be coming, and you can't forget that at all. So, again, uh, great to, to talk about mock drafts this early. It doesn't matter that it's May. We're into it. Uh, so, we're about halfway through. We got to get through the second half of my experts' mock draft. We'll do that on the next two show. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Football and the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And remember, when you're driving around your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Fantasy Football. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time with look at part three of the Experts Mock Draft. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 